We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway, lays it in. Zach Levine does it again. The late shot on the middle. Oh, oh, the Minnesota The crossover. Levine, get up or get out the way, Trey Young. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast around the Blue Wire Network. We're brought to you by Indeed, we're brought to you by BetOnline.ag, and we're brought to you by Manscaped. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. I'm here, as always, with Jason Pat. We have a special guest on today, Jason. We're talking to Nick Crane from the Blue Wire Thunder podcast, The Uncontested. Nick has been a credentialed media member covering the Thunder for the past two years, so we thought... Uh, who better to come on to talk about new Bulls coach Billy Donovan, who met the media today. Uh, how you guys doing today? Yeah, doing well. Finally have some Thunder-related news. It's been a little bit since we've had something to talk about uh, when it comes to Oklahoma City. Even if it's a Bulls hire, it's it's refreshing to have something. Yeah, absolutely, Ricky. Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, we actually did get some news on the uh, money front, because when we recorded this first time and we were talking uh, about the, just the reaction of the hire. We had not heard the specifics of the contract, and it was reported today from Sean Strania, the Athletic and Stadium. Four years, $24 million to Billy Donovan, which is basically what he got, I believe, in Oklahoma City. I think he I think he was on like a five-year, $30 million deal with OKC. So basically the same money. I honestly thought it might be a little more. Still a good amount of money. Obviously way more than the Bulls are paying Jim Boylan, uh, more than the Bulls were paying Fred Hoiberg. Uh, so good for the Bulls for paying up and actually uh, uh, shelling out a little money. I know that's something we were kind of surprised about, uh, the fact that they that they actually did pay up and to, for a coach because we thought they were going to go with the assistant route, and we had heard all the rumors before they actually fired Jim Boylan about the money crunch and all that crap. Uh, 
So the fact that they actually paid up, it was good to see. Ricky, were you were you surprised this contract? You thought he might get a little more? Do you think this was right around what you were expecting? No, that's about what I was expecting money-wise. And, you know, uh, Nick, I'll ask you right now, like, what was your reaction when you heard that Billy Donovan was going to be leaving the Thunder? Because I guess the way it's been reported, the Thunder offered him a two-year extension. He didn't want to take it, basically, because... He, you know, I guess he didn't want to be part of a long rebuild. And uh, the Thunder, who had a great season this last year, reached Game 7 uh, of the first round in the Western Conference playoffs. Uh, it seems like, you know, maybe they're going to be selling off pieces now, and Donovan didn't want to be a part of that. Uh, but Donovan also had four straight first-round exits. So do you think, like, it was sort of a mutual time for them both to leave? Do you think, you know, the Thunder really would have wanted Billy back? I'm just sort of curious for your thoughts on how that all went down in the breakup between Donovan and the Thunder. Yeah, it was definitely mutual, although I think the Thunder wanted him more than he wanted the Thunder. Um, Sam Presti, uh, the GM of the Thunder, had a Zoom call shortly after with the media. And basically what he was saying, you know, he said, we want Billy. It it sounded like Oklahoma City was willing to offer uh, another deal, even outside of that two-year deal that they had initially offered before the bubble kicked back off. And basically, Billy Donovan... um, didn't have the the direction of the franchise clear enough in his head. Presti multiple times said that they couldn't forecast the next three to five years in a way that Billy Donovan was comfortable. So it sounded like um, it wasn't necessarily the rebuild. I think Billy Donovan uh, obviously is not shying away from, from teams that are still kind of in that rebuilding young type phase. It was just that he didn't have any clarity. Are we going to run this back one more year with Chris Paul? Are we going to sell off? And I think those are the kind of questions that that Sam Presti in the front office couldn't answer, and it just wasn't a concrete enough situation for him to commit. Did you think it was weird at the time that he entered the season on a lame duck deal? And was there a lot of talk about that heading into the season? Because uh, that's not common for an NBA coach. Obviously, Mike D'Antoni was on a lame duck contract. Uh, this year but I'm just curious like you know was there speculation about this even entering the season I would say entering the season Billy Donovan was really on a hot seat I think I mean if if you were on Thunder Twitter a year ago before the season started the the trending hashtag was hashtag fire Billy the the fans did not the, the fans did not support him in any way he was in the final year of that deal if you go back and listen to my podcast, we actually had bets before the season on whether Billy Donovan would get extended or not. Does he actually finish the season with the team? Like he was, he was definitely in a difficult place. And obviously, the the way he coached the team this season, he was a coach of the year finalist. It was one of those situations, very similar to Chris Paul, where he completely revitalized his career. Billy Donovan really turned um, turned around his rep with, within Oklahoma City. There were so many fans that were so, so, so low on him, didn't want him to be the coach. And by the end of the season, they were upset that he wasn't re-signed. So um, I, I think the the whole perception of him changed. I think it was really interesting coming into the year, like kind of being an expiring contract, if you will, and you don't see that very, very often. But it, it was pretty surprising that they did uh, agree to part ways. I thought that, that Billy Donovan might have another uh, one or two years left them in Oklahoma City, but obviously he is in a situation I think will be good for him in Chicago with the Bulls. So we were both pretty surprised again that, that they actually did hire him. Again, we were talking, we've been talking for a while that we thought they had a list of all these assistant coaches and, they're, and they've they've historically kind of gone with these like first-time head coaches. 
especially now with the pandemic and like I said there were the rumors about them like cheaping out and all the money and stuff like that. We thought they'd go like this. So when they actually did announce the hiring of Billy Donovan, we were pretty surprised. Were you surprised that the Bulls paid up and actually hired Billy Donovan? And I guess just your, your initial reaction to him going to Chicago. I was absolutely shocked. There was all of the rumors that, you know, Billy might fit with the Philadelphia 76ers. The Indiana Pacers job was another intriguing one. And I mean, if you think about this, when it comes to Billy Donovan's, I guess you could call it free agent value, this might be the highest it's ever been. You know, Billy has led Oklahoma City to five straight playoff appearances. He's never missed the playoffs, even with, you know, Russ's MVP season in this last season in which they weren't even supposed to make the playoffs. He made it work. Um, When it comes to finding your next career option and picking a team you want to coach, like this was Billy Donovan's time to go wherever he wanted. I don't know if, if you guys would disagree with this, but among all of the head coaches out there that are available, Billy Donovan had to be among the best top one or two coaches available in the market. And the fact that he went to the Bulls was shocking. You know, initially I was like, what's going on? Why is he going to the Bulls? Are they paying him way more than he's making with the Thunder? And obviously they're not. They definitely paid up, but it's not like some uh, money deal where he just went where the, the highest bidder was. So once you really think about it, you look at some of the pieces on the Bulls, they're definitely um, towards the bottom end of the Eastern Conference, obviously missing the playoffs the past couple of seasons, but they have the pieces to be good. And I think it's going to be a really unique situation. Billy Donovan's had at least one All-NBA type guy, if not two or three on every single team he's ever coached in the NBA. And that was one of the big things that lured him out of college. Like he would not have came out of college if he wasn't coming to coach a team that had Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. So it's going to be unique. I think he has the developmental skills and, you know, working in college is going to be great experience for a team like this. But yeah, I mean, to, to put it frankly, I was very shocked when I saw the news. Yeah. I think he had two all NBA guys in three years and one all NBA guy in the other two years. So uh, he's had a ton of talent for sure. And, You know, I guess from my outsider's perspective, I would say like my initial response to the hiring was that like I wasn't super excited about it because I guess from from an outsider's perspective, I never really considered him to be a good coach. Just like watching the Thunder. Uh, There were a couple of years there where I felt like the Thunder underachieved, specifically 2018 and 2019. Uh, I guess we can get more back to that in, in a minute. But like what were your general impressions of Donovan as a coach? during his tenure like do you view him as being a top 10 coach do you view him as being uh you know maybe more in the middle range of like 11 to 20 um just sort of curious you know what what you you thought of donovan uh during his time with the thunder yeah i thought he was definitely a top half of the league i I don't think i'd pin him as a top 8 to 10 coach but definitely in that 10 to 15 range right above that that kind of mid-tier um what was interesting about this season i want to hear you guys' thoughts on this it seemed like especially in, in Thunder World, the, the hashtag Fire Billy I talked about earlier. The season in which he turned it around was a season that they had Chris Paul. He's obviously a great leader. He's almost like having another assistant coach out there. So it's kind of ironic that the year that he has his best quote-unquote coaching year, he's a coach of the year finalist, he has all this success, is when he has a great leader like that. You know, Russ, KD, all those guys were great players. Um Russ is a solid leader. I don't think I'd ever put him in the same category as Chris Paul. So I'm curious your guys' thoughts, just knowing the amount of success he had with a leader like Chris Paul, 
I mean, who do you guys view as the leader on the Bulls? Is it Zach Levine? And how do you think he meshes in a completely different situation when it comes to locker room leadership like that? Yeah, I'm going to say that right now it's Zach Levine because he's the most established player on the team. He averaged 25 points a game this year. He's sort of just on the cusp of being an all-star player. And I would say Levine's leadership is actually pretty good, which might go against his national reputation. Uh, Extremely hard worker. Uh, I think that, you know, in the media, he's typically said the right things and he showed like, you know, accountability himself. He's tried to improve his weaknesses or has at least talked about improving his weaknesses, even though sometimes it hasn't actually translated to the court. So I think Levine's a pretty good leader, but I think Wendell Carter Jr. is the guy who's sort of poised to become the more vocal leader of the Bulls entering his third season next year. Uh, He just hasn't been able to stay healthy and he hasn't really had the success in his first two seasons. So I would say that uh, Carter is poised for that role. But yeah, what do you think of the leadership situation on the Bulls right now, Jason? Uh, I mean, Levine definitely like works hard in terms of like raising like other guys and like leading and like motivating other guys. Like I'm not, I can't really say for sure that Levine is like, that guy, like in terms of like speaking up and like just like making other guys better, like like obviously Chris Paul does that, and obviously Chris Paul is just like very, very seems like a very vocal guy, and obviously can be kind of brash sometimes. Like I really don't know if the Bulls have that kind of guy on the roster. Like in terms of like veteran guy, they have like Thad Young there, and that's why they brought him in last year. But uh, they definitely don't have a guy like Chris Paul. Obviously, <laughs> clearly they don't have that. You would think just naturally, like you said, Zach Levine as like the best player kind of just slides into that role, but like I don't think he's as strong of a presence as like as as like a vocal guy i do think the carter carter stuff does make sense because like he's always had very mature answers and just like when they ask him stuff he always saying saying the right things as well so it will be interesting if like somebody does really step up in that kind of spot because i know we some of the stuff that billy talked about today was like looking to his own players for how they want to play and obviously just looking to guys for leadership and stuff like that. So like, it will be interesting to see if somebody does like really step into that role as the clear, like alpha team leader on this roster. Uh, Who do you think gets the credit this year? Billy or CP? I guess the obvious answer is they both deserve some credit, but uh, that, that was something I had prepared for you because, you know, Billy was third in coach of the year voting this year. When, like you said earlier, coming into the season, there was, uh, you know, some pressure on him to perform. The seat was getting a little hot. Uh, you know, how, how do you sort of divvy up the credit on the Thunder's overachieving year? No, I think Billy deserves a ton of credit. The thing that sticks out most to me is that three-guard lineup. So coming into media day, the biggest question for Oklahoma City was, you know, you have three starting caliber point guards. You've got Shea Gilgis-Alexander, you have Dennis Schroeder, and you have Chris Paul. How do you get all three of those guys to play together well? And I think I mean, clearly Billy Donovan rotated those guys, had them in the right spots, um, did all the right things in which they were, I think, by the end of the season, the best three-man lineup in the entire NBA when it came to kind of the the box plus minus stats. So that right there sticks out to me. Being a concern and him completely flipping the narrative of, you know, having three-point guards is too much to, holy crap, nobody can stop these three guys when they're on the court together. So that in itself, I think Billy deserves a ton of credit he also was great at developing guys like Darius Baisley, who when he started out the year, he obviously skipped college. He was extremely raw, didn't play a bunch. When he got on the court, he looked kind of lost. And then by the time we were in the bubble, I mean, he had three straight 20-point games. Um, I, I think Chris Paul deserves a lot of credit for that, too. The, all the young guys have talked about what Chris did off the court to 
to help them mentally and, and you know preparing for games and watching film, all that kind of stuff. But I think I think Billy Donovan deserves a ton of credit. He's gonna get uh, a little bit of that taken away just because of Chris Paul being in that locker room, like I mentioned earlier. But Billy Donovan by by no means is a slouch of a coach, and he deserves every bit of recognition he got, including the the third and the coach of the year voting. Nice. Before I'm gonna go into just like Donovan's style, because I'm not really sure like what his style is and like his schemes and style. Before we do that though, we're gonna take a quick word from our sponsors. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. And Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people and fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You could pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsor jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. So try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best available offer anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply, and this offer is valid through September 30th. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division and championship futures, and all sorts of other NFL props all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all these great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We are back. Cash Considerations podcast. A Chicago Bulls podcast. We are with Nick Crane. We are talking about Billy Donovan to coming to the Chicago Bulls. We've been talking about his time with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Nick Crane, credentialed member of Thunder Media. He does the uncontested Thunder pod. So as I mentioned before the break here, I'm just curious about like what kind of like his coaching style, the, the coaching schemes here. Because one thing we noticed about the, obviously with the Thunder the last few years, he comes out of college to the Thunder to a team that is ready to win a title with Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Serge Ibaka. They go up 3-1 in the Western Conference Finals, and they blow that against the Warriors in just kind of stunning fashion as the Warriors did their their thing. And then you have the Russell Westbrook MVP season, so he has to adapt to that without Kevin Durant. And basically, it's the whole let Russell be Russell thing. Then they trade for Paul George. They they trade for Carmelo Anthony. And you have that season, and that season was kind of a, kind of a I don't want to say it was a mess, but I mean, it was obviously they, they go out to the Jazz in the first round. And then the following season, you have the Dame Lillard three-pointer. And then this season, again, after you trade... You trade Russ, you trade Paul George, and you have the Chris Paul thing. You have to change again. So just in whatever, five seasons, Billy Donovan has to change. While there was a lot of talent, different styles and stuff like that, what what would you say is like his go, like his coaching style? Again, what we what the Bulls can expect from his defensive schemes? What do you think is like his, what he like hangs his head on as a coach? Yeah, so it's, it's a really hard question just because four of the five seasons in which Billy Donovan coached, uh, you know, defense has always been something he's hung his hat on. He he wants to win defensively. 
he he loves playing long wings that can that can defend. Um, team defense has always been pretty solid. You've seen guys like Andre Robertson. You've seen what Lou Dort's been able to do. And although they're great individual defenders, part of the reason they're so good is because his defensive schemes and rotations have always been pretty crisp. What's a little bit more challenging to kind of uncover with Billy is offensive schemes. Just because, like I mentioned, for those five years, it was a lot of iso ball. It was a lot of Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and there wasn't a lot of like a staple Billy Donovan type offense. So this last season with Chris Paul, Obviously, it was a balanced scoring attack. You had Danilo Gallinari, you had Chris Paul, you had Dennis Schroeder, you had SGA. All these guys averaged 18, 19, 20 points, which is completely different than any other Thunder team in the past. Uh, First team, I think, ever that didn't have a 20-plus point-per-game score on average. And this was really the first year we got to see Billy really run his style of offense that wasn't iso ball. And what he said so many times during the season, and I think you guys will hear this a lot too, is space and pace. Billy Donovan likes to run the high pick and roll. He likes to space the floor and just play with a ton of space or a ton, ton of pace. And coming into that Houston Rocket series, for example, I think a lot of people uh, around the league thought it was in Thunder's best interest to slow the game down, limit the number of threes the Houston Rockets were allowed to take, limit their just offensive possessions as a whole. And Billy Donovan was the complete opposite. He said, "I want to play with space and I want to continue to play with pace." So he pushes the ball. Um, he has his guys kind of ram it down your throat. They didn't have a ton of fast break points this year in comparison to previous years, but he still liked playing like that. So I'm curious if that changes with the Bulls. Obviously, it's a completely different team. Uh, may have to change up his schemes a little bit, but I think if there was one staple of Billy Donovan's offensive schemes, it's just that space and pace style of play. What would you say his strengths as a coach are? Honestly, I mean, this. <laughs> If, if, if you ask one member of the Thunder media to another, it's going to vary a lot. That's that's one thing that a lot of us have, have kind of butt heads on over the years. I honestly like his rotations. A lot of people don't, but I do. I think the, the way he's been able to leverage the bench, especially having Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench, he really gets a lot out of his guys. You, you've got guys like Abdul Nader, who if you don't watch Thunder basketball, you may not even know who that is as a common NBA fan. He was able to slide him in in a lot of situations to come in, use his three-point shooting ability, get a quick six to nine points, and then get him off the floor. Same with guys like Mike Muscala. There was a lot of guys that if you look at them on paper, you're like, eh, are they really a serviceable NBA player? And I think Billy Donovan is really, really good at getting the most out of everybody. Yeah, to me, what sort of jumped out from talking to a few people around the league after they hired him was that he's a great culture coach. And I think that, you know, for a team like the Bulls, that's probably like the first thing they need is just to have a coach who will hold people accountable. Uh, You know, I was told that like he's able to get the respect of players without having an ego. And I think that that probably resonates with the players. So I'm curious just like what you thought of Oklahoma City's culture while he was there. Uh, You know, Westbrook obviously is a pretty stubborn player on the court, I think, but it seemed like Westbrook and Donovan got along pretty well for the most part. So can you speak to like, you know, their relationship and just what you thought of the team culture under Donovan? Yeah, it's, it's hard to pinpoint that on Donovan just because Oklahoma city thunder culture in general from the, the top of the front office down is just really, really good. They're a tight lipped organization. You don't have all these New York Knicks trade rumors and guys always thinking, (laughs) man, am I about to get traded? The media is saying this media saying that 
Like just the, the culture from the top down is great. I think, I don't know if that's something that Billy brought or if he just developed that over the years, but I would definitely call him a player's coach. Cause he's, he's managed some, some personalities in his day. Kevin Durant, <laughs> Kevin Durant wasn't the burner Kevin Durant that he is now back on the thunder <laughs> as far as we knew. But I mean, guys don't change overnight. You have to assume that behind the scenes, Kevin Durant has always been a little bit like this. So I would definitely say that the Billy Donovan's a player coach. He's definitely a culture coach. Um, so I, I, I don't think he's a guy that you have to worry about any locker room drama. He's got a good handle on the locker room. There, there was a couple times over the past few years where there's been locker room drama and you can hear players yelling at each other outside the locker room. But for the most part, yeah, it, it definitely happens. For the most part, he's got control of his locker room and that's been consistent regardless of what leadership's in the locker room from, from the player's point of view. Yeah, that's something Joakim Noah really was hammering. He's they've got uh, he's had some quotes here in the last couple of days, uh, just talking about holding players accountable, but like not uh, like going overboard. And I believe Billy said that today. I think in his press conference, like he's he's gonna he's a play, he's gonna be a players coach, and he's like not gonna embarrass guys. That was like with with our last Bulls coach here, uh, Jim Boylan, uh, kind of made a like just like would embarrass the team sometimes with his, his just goofiness. So like that seems like a, just a clear difference there with, uh, with Billy Donovan just being, and that's something the Bulls front office and Arturis Karnishevis have kind of stretched. They, they want this players first mentality. Uh, clearly they, they see that in Billy Donovan and Billy talked again, Billy talked about that today. Uh, or AK was talking about just like how that's just something that they stressed. And once Billy came, became available, they weren't expecting it, that they thought he was the clear fit there. So clearly they do seem that those relationships, relationships around the league being a player's first guy, it seems like just a, re- a pretty solid fit for this team. It, at least it's, it seems that way. Um, what, one thing, I'll, other- one thing I'll add before we before we move on, and you'll notice this about Donovan from the get go. And not a lot of coaches can swallow their pride like this, but it doesn't matter what happens in a game when it comes to post game interviews. Billy Donovan is always willing to take the blame. Um, whether it's someone making a, a crucial mistake down the stretch, he's a guy that that always puts it on himself, says, I could have done things better. And, and that it just goes to show um, he's not only is he a player's coach and, and someone that's likable and has control of his locker room, but he's always willing to take the blame and go to bat for his guys. Seems like it's going to be like a very different post-game press conferences than Jim Boylan, who basically made an ass out of himself almost on the night. <laughs> and while it was kind of funny for us sometimes, uh, it also would be infuriating. So it's, it sounds like Billy will be much better in terms of yeah, take the Tom Thibodeau was like that as well. Like as whatever you say about the Tibbs, like he would always go to bat for his guys. He would take the blame. Like he like he would he would usually not throw guys under the bus, which is something we sometimes saw with Boylan, and it was just obviously just a clown show in Chicago the last few years. So it is nice to see that Billy will probably bring just like the credibility, the that players first mentality and just like and just accountability and that kind of stuff. And that's definitely something just the Bulls absolutely need in the, with this team. Because the last few years, again, have just been such a joke and such a laughing stock. Um, I guess other one other thing about the strengths, I guess, and with the Thunder team and how they play, like what, what I guess I think it's just something I guess you goes back to the Chris Paul stuff as well. Like the Thunder were incredible in the clutch this season. The Bulls were an absolute joke in the clutch, and I think part of that was on coaching because Bo- Boylan was so stubborn with his defense. The offense, it was basically just like let Zach Levine kind of do whatever he wants, and it, it just kind of usually it, sometimes he saved the Bulls, but other times it turned to crap. And the Thunder, Chris Paul obviously always so poised, mid range killer. He was so good in the clutch of the season, but and then with that three guard lineup, I like how the, just I guess 
do you a lot do you put that a lot on Billy again or Chris Paul? Like how much of that clutch success would you divvy up between Paul, the whole roster, Billy himself? Just I think you have to do like you have to have solid coaching. You have to be poised and making those decisions late in games that the Bulls just failed miserably at the last couple of years, especially under Boylan. This this will seem like an odd answer, but I think in the clutch, Billy Donovan didn't overcoach. I think you see a lot of times in the clutch, um, coaches will will try to implement too much or hyper-focus on one thing that they should change down the stretch. And Billy Donovan really trusted his guys to, as long as they play defense, go out there and do your thing on offense. It wasn't like a... Hey guys, in the last three minutes, I don't want you shooting mid range. Let's focus on this, this, and this. He really had trust in his guys, and I think while while it's weird to give a guy credit for not overcoaching, that's really something that I think attributed to the Thunder being so good in the clutch. He let them be themselves, play their natural game, and because of that, a lot of times down the stretch, like you saw them have success. Do you think that some of that was because Westbrook was just going to play his game anyway? Like, I don't even mean to say that in a critical way. Like, the guy was averaging a triple-double for multiple seasons in a row. Uh, so I think that, like that's a question Bulls fans have had is, like, you know, was the Thunder's offense sort of basic because you just had this supernova in Westbrook? Or, you know, do you expect that to carry over with a different roster in Chicago? I think it'll. I think it'll change over time. I think initially while Billy's feeling the team out and, you know, a lot of these new players are starting to play under a different scheme. Um, I think you might see things a little different than it will be towards the end of the season, but it's, it's a really hard question to answer. I think the Westbrook thing was definitely a, a kind of an attributing factor to what happened at the end of games back then. And Billy Donovan, not necessarily um, having him stray away from some of those crazy shots he took down the stretch. It'll be obviously completely different with the young Bulls roster, but um, no, I think I think Billy Donovan down the down the, the stretch and the clutch will continue to have success with the Bulls as he starts to trust them more and they start to trust him because that's another side of things. Like the coach can trust the players, but the players have to trust the coach. And I saw multiple times last year Zach Levine in specific, his body language and some of the things he would mouth going back to the bench. You could not tell he, he, did, he didn't have trust in his coach, and I think Billy will bring kind of that respect factor and. I think the Bulls had the talent to win a lot of games down the stretch last year. It just it, you want to play for a guy you enjoy, and I think that'll be a big, a big help for the Bulls. Let's yeah, talk- I mean, there were, yeah, sorry, I was gonna say there were some quotes that came out today, just like definitely throwing some shit at Boylan. I think a, it was, I think it was AK said like, you know, like there's more talent. The, the talent on this roster should not like the the record of the last couple of years like is not reflective of the talent of this roster. Zach Levine came out and had a quote kind of throwing shit at Boylan about like mid range shots. And Donovan had a big thing about analytics and mid-range shots. And obviously, Chris Paul is a mid-range master. And, but Boylan had totally gone away from mid-range shots. And Zach clearly just did not have much faith. He and Boylan butted heads. It does seem like he will probably get along better with him. Uh, Ricky, go ahead with what you were going to say. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Steven Adams because I feel like in every playoff series, whether it was the one against the Jazz, the Rockets, the Trailblazers, it's like I feel like Adams was always under a spotlight. Uh, you know, in terms of like how much they use him, should should be getting less minutes. Uh, I'm just curious, like what you saw in him, both in the postseason, in terms of Billy's reliance on true centers, and then really what I'm more interested in is Adam's development as a passer, because I think a lot of Bulls fans would love to see Wendell Carter get the ball in his hands more, sort of be the fulcrum of the offense, uh, get more playmaking opportunities that he never got under Boylan. So. 
Uh, you know, what do you think of how he manages the bigs? And, you know, do you think that uh, he could tap into Wendell Carter's upside as a passer? Definitely could tap into his upside as a passer. That's something that, like you said, Steven Adams got really, really good at over the past few seasons. But that's also the, the traditional big and how he's used them has always been something he's gotten scrutiny about. You'll, you'll notice, if you go back and look at tape, almost every single game, the first bucket for the Thunder was a pass down low to Steven Adams, let him go to work. And there's so many games that Steve would have, you know, four or five shots, eight to 10 points in the first quarter, and then they wouldn't go to him the rest of the game. He wouldn't have another shot attempt until mid fourth quarter. Like it would just, they would go to him early and then they would stop. So I'm curious to see what, what happens in Chicago. I think Wendell Carter is more talented than Steven Adams. He, I think he does. He, he does more things than Steven Adams can do, just just the amount of talent he has. Steven Adams is great, don't get me wrong, but he, outside of passing, crashing the offensive glass, and then just a, a few post moves, I don't think he's a top 10 center, although some people will disagree. Um, so that'll be interesting. If, if Billy Donovan continues to shy away from the traditional big, the Thunder like to run offense through Steven Adams, just 90% of the time running offense through him didn't mean that he was going to be shooting the ball. I think that is something again that we would like to see out of Wendell Carter Jr. Just kind of being that hub of the offense with his passing because he just that again, as Ricky said, like a huge thing with Bulls fans that Wendell Carter is totally misused, like basically just being relegated to garbage man duty because we saw him as a pet as the skills as a passer coming out of Duke and just like never used his assist rate dipped big time this last season. And I think I saw somebody point out, I didn't look at these stats, but I think also somebody point out that Adams's assist rate went up a decent amount this season, which I think is probably a good, maybe a good uh, sign for Wendell Carter jr. Um, before I have, I've, we're going to talk about some of these the playoff failures in a bit here, but before that we do that one more word from our sponsor manscaped. Support for cash consider- for cast considerations is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's blow-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Uh, if you've ever uh, had issues trimming down there, you know well, you know that's not a great feeling. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. And the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet-stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your motor off loud loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by usb if you are listening to me speak right now i want you to experience it firsthand for yourself so trim the junk ears and get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code cash 2020 at manscaped.com again that is 20 percent off and free shipping with the code cash 2020 at manscaped.com your balls will thank you we are back cash considerations a chicago bulls podcast again we are with Nick Crane, uh, Thunder podcaster, Thunder beat writer. I mentioned some of the playoff stuff. So obviously, Billy, ton of success in the regular season with the Thunder. Uh, and they made the Western Conference Finals that first season. They lost. They blew that. I mentioned the 3-1 lead against the Warriors. And then a bunch of first-round exits. 
So there's been some criticism about his ability to coach in the playoffs, make adjustments. I know the, the offensive stuff, there have been questions about just like the stuff they do in the playoffs. How much you, how much of those or those playoff quote unquote failures would you put on Billy Donovan? I'll be honest. I put next to none of it. You look at some of the playoff stretches three to one, that lead that they blew against the Golden State Warriors, I think that was more just the Golden State Warriors were a lot better of a team and they turned it around and improved that. Yeah. You Ridiculous look, shots. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then you look at the next season, the Russell Westbrook MVP season, they weren't expected to come out of the first round. As good as Russell was, they didn't have a great supporting cast around him. Following that season, you look at the the mellow PG year. Um I attribute more of that, again, to the players. They just didn't show up. Utah looked like the better team. And then you get into the playoff P years. Um, absolutely <laughs> brutal. I mean, as, as, as important as coaching is, I looking back at the past five seasons, I'll be honest, and this is probably a good thing to hear for, for Bulls fans, I attribute yeah. maybe 1% of the playoff failure to Billy Donovan. His guys just didn't show up. When you have a superstar in Paul George, and he has some of the games that he did down the stretch in the playoffs. Like, there's not there's nothing coaching can fix when you go four of twenty in a, in a game that determines you getting booted. Like, that's coaching can't fix that. Yeah, that's rough. And I know, like Mello, like I remember watching those playoffs. That was when legitimately Mello looked washed. Like, was I know a lot of people like with Mello coming back and like playing pretty okay for the Blazers. Like, apologize to Mello. I remember watching Mello in those playoffs against the Jazz. Uh, and he was so bad. He looked he looked washed, and that's where like a lot of this started. That he couldn't play anymore. He looked he played was playing like big minutes, and he was terrible, especially defensively. Yeah, just just so bad. And I think he shot like twenty percent from three in that series as well. I yeah, I remember like writing an article about that, and I was just like, he looks. It's like he couldn't jump. Like he he looked awful. He couldn't move defensively. It was really rough. So that definitely is good to hear that you don't think it was just like. Billy was slow to like make adjustments and it was obviously like in these playoffs, we, I mean, we've seen like Mike Budenholzer, like just getting reamed for not making adjustments that underachieving for the bucks. Uh, that, so that's good to hear. I think Bulls fans should be excited to hear that. Uh, so I guess just to wrap up here in the last, just moving to the Bulls and their young core with Billy Donovan as their head coach. Uh, I guess just like in terms of like, we kind of talked about the player development already, just like, I guess how do, what do you think of this Bulls young core and the players that they have? How do you think Billy can mesh with them and get the most out of them? And just like in terms of like his player development, again, you kind of talked to some of this already with Baisley and Lou Dort and some of the stuff we saw from them. Just like what what do you think make of his player development skills and what do you make of this Bulls young core? And uh, if you do you think like they can be maybe like a playoff team next season or in the next couple of seasons? Because again, like for for Billy to come to the Bulls uh, after leaving the Thunder, a team re- maybe rebuilding to a team that. I would consider them rebuilding still because I don't, I don't think me and Ricky both agree that we don't think like they have like a core sentence, like legitimately set in stone. Uh, it's just, what do you think about how he's going to mesh with this bulls team? And what do you think of them moving forward? I think it's going to be great. I think if the bulls can stay healthy, there's no reason, especially in the Eastern conference, they shouldn't be knocking on the door in the playoffs this year. If, if Otto Porter is a guy that the bulls plan on keeping around and he can stay healthy, you've already mentioned Wendell Carter jr. Uh, Laurie Markkinen. I mean, the, the the talent on this roster, going back to that quote you mentioned earlier, the talent on the roster is not reflective of the record over the past se- couple seasons. I completely agree. I'm, I'm one of those people that at, at least last year coming into the season, if you would have asked me, you know, where, where do you think the Bulls finish in the Eastern Conference? I might have said nine or 10, like, like right outside the playoffs. And I think that 
the the young core is going to be really really good. Kobe White, obviously Zach Levine coming into his own has a chance to be an all star this season. I think the team's going to be good. I think that Billy is going to bring kind of fresh insight and almost like hit the reset button. I feel like with the Bulls, some of these guys have been so frustrated that they just can't be themselves and play to their level. I, I mean, if I was a betting man, um, I, I might put money on the Bulls making the playoffs this season. And if not this season, I think Billy Donovan with one year under his belt as the head coach, like this, this is a roster. And, And here's another interesting fact. Billy Donovan with Oklahoma City has never had the opportunity to bring in solid free agents. You look at some of the top signings ever, Nerlens Noel, Patrick Patterson, <laughs> uh, Markeith Morris at, at, at in, the, in the buyout market. Like they, they just never could get those guys mid-season or in the off-season to fill out the roster. I think with Billy Donovan and this young core, uh, the respect they'll have for him, and then finally have the opportunity to work with the front office to bring in guys that fit his scheme with the Bulls being a large market and a team that people will want to play for once they start playing well. I think it's, I think it's a great fit for both sides, and I think it's going to have a lot of success. Well, if you think the Thunder's history with free agents is bad, wait till you hear about the Bulls, because the Bulls is not much better than that. But, you know, one thing I will say about the Bulls, and I think last week we had one uh, listener get on me. He was tweeting at me. I said the, the Bulls are in one of the worst positions in the league in terms of talent. And why, I, do, I do think that was a bit aggressive. Yeah, I do too, reflecting back on it now. And, like, what I think is good about the Bulls situation is that uh, they have a lot of flexibility in terms of the cap, right? So, like, in the summer of 2021, they could, you know, make some serious moves, whether it's on the trade market uh, or in free agency. And, uh, you know, they have even less on the books for 2022. Of course, Markinen's extension is kind of the wild card in that. And Zach's only got two years left as well. So uh, they're going to have to figure out, you know, do you want to extend him? Do you want to trade him? But uh, I think, like, for Donovan, the biggest thing is just going to be, like, building up the culture and, uh, Nick talked about how the Thunder were really tight-lipped. That's sort of how I expect the new Bulls regime to be with AK and Eversley and Donovan, where I don't think that there's going to be a lot of link or leaks. I don't think there's going to be a lot of bullshit with the media. I expect it to be like a well-run professional organization. And I think that that's what's exciting to me about the Billy Donovan hire, because like while I was a little critical of, you know, the playoff failures and just the fact that I never thought he was like a super creative coach with so much talent in Oklahoma City, I think maybe I wasn't giving enough credit just for building cohesive teams that seem to like each other, respect him, play well together, even though he had a lot of challenging personalities. So I think, you know, culturally is where Billy Donovan can really help the Bulls in the short term. Yep, and, and I don't know if kind of a random question here, not related to his coaching style. Did he happen to be chewing gum in his press conference? I honestly did not see. I was reading stuff on Twitter, so I was not able to watch that okay. uh, today. But he, so I'm not totally sure. You, you guys, you guys will notice that there's one thing that stands out about Billy of anything he does. He chews the crap out of some gum. That, that's the one thing I noticed about him on the sidelines. I mean, he has to go through a pack a game. It's ridiculous. <laughs> nice one other quick question I meant to ask this earlier when I was asking about defensive schemes because this was a big point about Jim Boyle and his blitzing will he be will Billy can should we expect no, like normal drop defense or like do you think he's gonna blitz the crap out of teams because that was that was a huge thing with Jim Boyle and it's the stuff that pissed us off and I think I don't know I think the players had issues with it as well even though the Bulls had some moments of defensive like competence uh 
can we expect should we expect a lot of blitzing or, or more like normal defensive um, i guess conserve whatever drop defense whatever you want to call it yeah I, I i would expect more of the conservative style the one thing that really does to mix it up quite a bit and this may have been again personnel i don't, I don't know if if you guys have confidence in anybody on the bulls roster doing this but he likes having one of the small quick guards pick up full court not necessarily to try to steal the ball that you know aau style of pressing but he likes to, to get a, a small guard up there, get their offense speeded up, and he doesn't like, a, a, lot of, a lot of the times in games, he doesn't like just letting the point guard dribble down and setting up offense. I think that's another small thing that kind of goes unnoticed that the Thunder have had success defensively. When you're bulldogging a guy full court and he has to work to get up the court to start the offense, um, it, it, the, the shot clock goes down, you're starting the offense with, with 15 seconds on the shot clock instead of 19 seconds. I think he does a lot of small things like that that won't just jump off the page like, whoa, this is crazy defensive schemes. He does little things like that that, that bring success to the defensive end. I had Chris Dunn and Shaq Harrison both kind of do that. Well, they're both guys are restricted free agents. I, would, I don't think they'll bring both back, but if he likes doing that, I would think he would like to have maybe one of those guys. Like Chris Dunn was a great defender this season, almost all defense. Shaq Harrison, more of an end-of-the-bench guy, but he also he loves picking up full court. Definitely a very annoying, pesky defender like that. So uh, maybe maybe they would bring one or both of those guys back just because of that. Ricky, did you have something? It looks like you had something. I just had a thought last night that, uh, you know, just doing some research on Donovan, reading some quotes from Schroeder. Uh, I bet the Bulls tried to trade for Dennis Schroeder. Really? I mean, like, he's got to be attainable from Oklahoma City. Like, you would think if they're going to, well, especially if they deal with Chris Paul, at that point you're kind of like, you know, tearing it down, maximizing the value of all your guys. Uh, Dennis had, you know, a, a year last year where he, like, totally rehabbed his stock. If they sold out him now, they'd probably be selling high. So, yeah, he's, he's definitely a guy, especially he's in the last year of his $15.5 million deal. Uh, the Thunder, kind of like you saw with Jeremy Grant last year, they know that Schroeder is probably going to get paid. And rather than letting him walk as a free agent just to get another year out of him, he's definitely a guy that the Thunder would say, hey, give us a future first or give us a, a young guy that needs uh, a new scene or give us a couple seconds. Like He's definitely a guy that's attainable. I don't think that's a question. I mean, the Bulls could use the creation for sure. I mean, that's definitely was a huge problem on their rosters. They like Tomas Sadaransky just was not able to provide the type of dribble drive creation. Uh, and Zach is pretty good, but like as like total alpha dog and like basically the only like legit creator. Obviously, they have Kobe White as well, and hopefully he improves. Uh, I, I maybe I, I didn't. I never really thought about that. Like, I don't know if they wanted like with. Kobe and Zach there, like, I don't know if, I, mean, I guess if they want to run three-point guard lineups, maybe they would uh, try some Schroeder, Kobe White, Zach Levine lineups and get crazy. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I think, Ricky, is that, are you good here? Are we done? Yeah. You got anything else? I'm good. All right. Uh, Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, great insight here. This definitely needed to learn a bit about Billy Donovan, so this was absolutely great to listen to. Tell our listeners where uh, they can find uh, your stuff. Yep, I'm on Twitter at CraneNBA. Uh, if you guys want Thunder Insight, definitely check out the, the Uncontested podcast at the underscore Uncontested. Awesome. Thanks so much again for coming on, man. Again, that is a Blue Wire podcast, the Uncontested, so great to have another Blue Wire guy on. Uh, so, yeah, there we go. Uh, Bulls. Hired Billy Donovan. They introed him today at their press conference, a.k.a. And Billy Donovan Talks. So go check out all those quotes there. There will be tons of coverage there uh, coming out of that press conference, so that's great. 
For us here at Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast, as always, we're brought to you by the Blue Wire Network. Go check out all the other great pods across Blue Wire, including the Uncontested, the Thunder podcast, and all the other great pods, obviously, with coming into the NBA Finals now and the NFL starting up and all the other great pods that we have across the network. Please go check them out. Shout out to our sponsors, Indeed, Bet Online, Manscaped. And for us, please rate and review us. Hit us up on Twitter. If you have feedback, let us know how we're doing. Rate and review us. So for Cash Considerations, this has been Jason and Ricky, and thanks again to our guest, Nick Crane. We'll talk to you guys next time. Take it easy.